This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to the Principal Leadership Lab, a podcast experience created for you by two public school administrators. Without further ado, let's join Jeff and Adam in this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of the Principal Leadership Lab. We're in season two, still episode 13. Adam, how are you, buddy? Hey, man. I am so glad to be back. We had a week off last week. Not a week off of school, but a week off of recording. And, uh, you know, if I was doing any better, they would call me Dr. P. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but, uh, you know, people would think that, though. I don't know if they would say it. They'd be thinking it. I did have a week off, though. Uh, our spring break was last week. I know yours was the week prior, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And it was not much like spring here last week. No, no. Same here in good old northern Illinois where it's gray and chilly and has been for a few days now. Yeah, this is like the classic uh, behind the cheddar curtain spring weather right now. I think we're not going to play baseball for weeks. I know that our guest today is probably in the same boat because we're in the same athletic conference. Uh, we've just yeah. been canceling games, canceling games, canceling games. And you guys have probably played 50 down there in Illinois already. Oh, same thing. In fact, oh, yeah? uh, the girls just got their first softball game in yesterday after over a week of cancellations. And the, the boys have not played baseball. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think they got one game in, but I, I don't think yeah. so. Don't and think even, so. even the greatest team on earth, the Chicago Cubs, Chicago. are already talking about canceling their game on Thursday oh. to the weather. Come against on. the brew crew so the brew crew mm-hmm. who are going to get crushed by the mighty cubs <laughs> yep yep that's what i say yeah, yeah, we'll, see. well let's see what our guest today thinks about it where his allegiances lie in all things major league baseball uh he is the principal of kiwani high school just outside of green bay on lake michigan they serve about 350 students mike bennett how are you I'm good. Thank you very much. So I saw you taking a drink out of a cub uh, cub glass oh, yeah. earlier. So oh, yeah. I will I have, have to give you mad, it. mad props for that. Uh, my dad grew up at Emerson. And so I grew up going to Wrigley Field as a young lad. Right. And I am a very big Chicago Bear fan. It's very hard to be in the Packerland oh. Conference being a Bear fan, hence the name. So Oof. but those are that's my allegiance for uh, for football. And if you can imagine, I am a Boston Red Sox fan for baseball. So mom grew up uh, in New Hampshire and told me tales of Ted Williams and Johnny Pesky. And so that sort of enamored me to that whole um, that whole type of, uh, I guess, older type baseball and, you know, looking at Fenway and then also growing up going to Wrigley. I just felt out of place going to a newer stadium. So those are my allegiances there. So. Well, we can take part of that as good, but the bear thing, Mike, that's really, that's hurtful. No, no, no. That's good, <laughs> I, stuff. That's good stuff right there. Yeah. I guess the two of you do have standards are just not very high. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I get Boston too. I mean, that's yeah. there's a lot of greats out of, out of Boston. I'm not a fan, but I, I'm, a, I'm a baseball fan. So I can, I can certainly, I know the greats and uh, I follow all the teams. So, um, but uh, allegiances with the Cubs, of course. Yeah. One of the greatest Boston Red Sox of ever 
Billy Buckner, former Cub. Billy uh, Buck. Well, let's not go there. Actually, the only time my dad ever hung up on me was after the Bartman ball. Yeah. I said, hey, how you doing? He's like, can't talk right now. Click. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hurtful. It was hurtful. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not a good thing. Not yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Well, Mike, listen, I know that, uh, you know, you, you and Adam um, – and sometime together, at least a couple times a year, being in the in the same conference. Am I right? Yep. So why don't, yes, why don't you, uh, go? And I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I, spent few, I spent a few years teaching with Adam, and and uh, you know we had we did have a great time together, Adam. Yeah. I do have to say, some of the best years teaching of my life. Uh, actually, my only years teaching. So that's true. Yeah, and you spent the last twenty years lamenting, waiting for me to return. Yeah, <laughs> maybe lamenting, but not waiting for your return. Let's, just, let's not go crazy. Hey, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about you for our guests, uh, our guests, our listeners who may not be uh, too familiar with you? I mean, like, sure. What, what's your leadership journey? I mean, how long you've been at Kiwani? What, uh, why, why the principalship? How long you've been there? That kind of thing. All right, I will. Um, I'll start pretty much from the beginning. I was born and raised in Beloit, Wisconsin, and. Uh, um, went to school down in central Indiana and then got my first teaching job outside of Houston, Texas. And so I did all my teaching and pretty much my whole educational career in the Texas, in Texas. So outside of Houston initially, and then I was outside of Dallas for a while and then, um, did about six months out of education up in uh, Bayfield, Wisconsin, which is right on Lake Superior, and um, sort of realized that my place was back in the classroom. So I started to apply uh, for some principal jobs and um, Kiwani was open and I interviewed and this is my going on my third year here. So Congratulations. I'm very, happy, very, very gracious about how everything has happened. Um, started to go into admin um, when I was in Texas, I was an assistant principal at a middle school and then an assistant principal at a high school. Um, and just for numbers sake, the high school I came from in Texas was approximately 3000 students and we had nine assistant principals. Wow. Yeah. So a little different world um, here, but for the most part, kids are kids and, you know, you look at what they need and you then try to do your best to, you know, get them what they need and so they can be successful. So that's how I'm looking at it. And I've had, it's a great run. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying my time here. Um, you know, it, it's at times you're, you get so worn down with everything going on, you know, cause it is me, myself and I, but I then realize I'm like, there's still some things I really want to do. And so that just sort of keeps me going. And I, and you know, I've, this has been the, the junior's I have now, I've had them since they were freshmen. And so I'm really starting to have some really good relationships with those kiddos and stuff like that. So it's been really pleasant to, to go on the journey with them. Excellent. You shared that you were uh, in Bayfield, Wisconsin, and that's a unique place to be. It's very remote, uh, Lake Superior. And then uh, you probably had some interaction with Madeline Island as well. Is that right? I did. I went over there one, uh, went over there a couple times. Actually, I had a high school friend who actually had, um, his parents' property that were, that was, uh, gi- uh, you know, gifted to him. And so we met up for, um, lunch and, uh, it was, it was a good time to see him because I had not seen him in 
a good 30 to 35 years. And so that's awesome. You can fill Jeff in on the holes, but Madeline Island, Jeff is just off the coasts or the North shore, whatever you want to call it of from Bayfield. And they have their own school and busing, but it's like one bus, but the students will come over to the mainland to behind the cheddar curtain from the Island. They'll take uh, snowmobiles across the ice bridge. They have Mm -hmm. to take a boat uh, for the, when the water's broken up. I mean, you, when we think about all the dynamics in education from Alaska to Bayfield to Texas and Illinois, how different each school has to operate. And I don't know that anybody in our public community considers how different each of those environments are. It's a fun, fun. It's kind of fun. You know, we have another place here in Wisconsin, um, Washington Island, where you got to take a boat out there to get to it. And there's a school on the island. Wow. And and, uh, I know Bayfield or Madeline Island at one time, there was the the superintendent was the principal and bus driver and one of the teachers, you know, kind of do the whole the whole nine yards. But it's beautiful. Never had the courage to go across the ice bridge. There's a lot of water underneath you. So there is (laughs) hundreds of feet. Now we don't need to do that. Yeah. They plow on Jeff out in Lake Superior. They plow a road from Bayfield to Madeline Island. And it's wide because once the snow is off, then the ice gets harder where it's exposed to the elements. But can you imagine some of the cracks? You can't see the bottom. It's that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. And, and they have like logs and, and two by fours over the top so you can drive over them. Wow. And there's a school out on yeah. the island, you said. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I think it's uh, K-8. And then they come over for high school yep. to Bayfield High School. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that's something that uh, I think a lot of people, you know, don't consider or don't even think mm-hmm. about. It's no. just the differences, like you mentioned, you know. You know, and now you throw in um, remote learning, you know, we have virtual schools um, and, you know, you can, you know, pretty much live anywhere, work for a virtual school in Wisconsin, and, and then you're going to have students from all over the place, possibly. And so there's a, you know, we're throwing that wrinkle in there, too. Wow. What are some of the, Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Now I was just going to follow up on something, Mike, Mike, that you said about uh, your current position at Kiwani. You're in your third year as principal there, you said? Yes. Okay. So you came in uh, during the pandemic then? I came in right before. (laughs) Actually, yeah, I I started fall 2019. And so the closure was, you know, what, March, 2020. And so you know, I had a couple of months underneath my belt. And so that was, I think everyone was flying the plane as it was, or was a building a plane as, as it was flying, just because we had so many different um, things to juggle at one time. Like I was, you know, did we host an in-person graduation? Was it going to be inside or outside? We have to look at the county metrics and see what they, what other schools are doing in our county and see what was going to be best for those kiddos. And so, you know, there's a couple of things that came out of the pandemic that we're still utilizing now, like our gym where you, you know, we're live streaming games. We never really did that before. Um, and so now, you know, we did that because we had we only could have a certain amount of people inside the gym at once so now we're offering it as if we have grandparents or relatives who live in a different state they can watch you know their their kin play in the game and so we're we're doing small things like that that we've held on to that have worked out i know the great school has done some things in regards to their um uh, arrival and dismissal that they had to adapt because of the pandemic but now they're um, doing that as sort of like something that they're going to be doing that's best practice in the long run. 
Wow. That, that's incredible. I mean, I think we, we talk a lot about that. And Adam, Adam and I have had conversations about the pandemic and, you know, what, what has changed and what are we doing differently? What are we keeping? What are we letting go of? And, and, and uh, you know, I think, unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I've seen too many people, um, a lot of talk about it, but after the, and I, I don't want to say that we're out of the pandemic, but, you know, now that the metrics are down and, and masks are off, at least here where I'm at, and I'm sure up where, I think up where you guys are at now too, but, um, you know, I, I don't know that, that a whole lot has changed and, and, um, um, I, I, I'd love to have more conversations with people about that, but at some point, I mean, did you say to yourself, you know, like, wow, this is definitely not what I was expecting, to, you know, as a, as a, as a brand new rookie principal, you know, with only a, a short period of time under your belt, is there any, is what, what thoughts were going through your head or did you just kind of throw yourself in and roll with the punches? Like we have, to I, I think it, you, you got to roll, you got to go in and with, you know, roll your sleeves up and, and get at it. I mean, it, it was basically problem solving at its best. You had, you know, you had, uh, uh, you know, my, the other administrators um, just were such a wealth of knowledge and ideas during this time that, you know, it, it, whatever was thought of, we would consider. Um, and because you had to think of, you know, so many different avenues, like, you, you know, you had the what ifs that you could not control, but then you had, you know, some things you could control. So you had to find the best way to put them together and figure things out. And so it really was a time to, you know, really put your problem solving skills hat on and just go from there because you had to be creative. Um, you know, I told my teachers when they were going into, um, you know, a virtual learning, you know, I said, you have to be creative. You have to think, I mean, I hate to use the cliche, but outside the box, I mean, that's the best way to do it. You had to create lessons that were going to be effective in a virtual world that students could do at home, as well as, you know, getting the content across also. And mm -hmm. so um, I think, you know, we did learn a lot from it. Um, you know, if, you know, I'm knocking on wood, if, it, if this, you know, if we have to do it again, I think we'll be very well prepared as will other school districts be very well prepared with what needs to happen. And, you know, we actually had to close down a couple of days because our numbers were spiking. Um, and we almost did it as a precautionary thing, but now we're one-to-one -one with technology. So there's no excuse for the students not to be able to do their work. Yes, there is a connectivity issue with some of our areas because we are fairly rural, but we can work around that. They can, you know, download things the day before, work on them, and then turn them in when they get to school. And so, you know, I think we are making accommodations for our kiddos and, you know, we're working, you know, with what's best for them. You know, one thing that I think of all the time is that we did adjust pretty well to those um, strict parameters for remote learning. Here's my question for the two of you. Why, why weren't we prepared for remote learning 10 years or five years before that? Why, why didn't we have remote learning as an option? And, and I think I have an answer and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's because we weren't forced to do it. And what do we teach that, our students? All, you know, we, also, we tell them I mean, to do it. Right. But you also think about it. We don't have the technology that we had before, you know, that is changing almost on a daily basis. My son just graduated university of North Texas with a computer science major. He probably is going to have a job that has not been created yet. And yeah. he's in that, in that realm. And so, um, 
that is, you're exactly right, Adam. I, I, don't, I don't think we were necessarily forced into it, but there's also some other variables that go into that. You know, we didn't have the technology back then. You know, um, did you ever hear of a MiFi five years ago? Right. So, you know, that's, you know, there, that wasn't there. And so I don't think um, people utilize their hotspot, you know, like little things like that. It just, it, it just was not there. And now we have it. Um, do we sort of use it as a crutch at times? Of course, mm-hmm. which stinks, but, you know, we do have it. And we, we now I think going back and forth into like an in-person to a, a virtual is a lot more fluid um, than, than before. And I think that's because what Adam said is that we are really forced to do this. And I think, um, I think all of us saw the different memes that were out there, you know, like (laughs) if you want the government to do something correctly, get a teacher to do it. I think that was, you know, I mean, I'm not going to play my political cards there, but you know, if you think about it, all these kids, all these people who, we work with on a daily basis have one thing in mind. They want to see their kids succeed and however they do that, they're going to figure out a way. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to, it's fun to watch them work. It's fun to sort of, it's like, you know, giving a bunch of kids some glue and a, and some toothpicks and some straws and like make a bridge. And you just want to see them just go at it and just try to figure it out. And that's pretty much what we did. Now we, you know, we had some parameters that we obviously had to um, go by, but I really think in the long run, it was about the teacher creativity and what they wanted, what they felt the students needed and how they could get it to them. Mm. You know, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's because we were forced to, you know, make, make these changes. But it's kind of sad also to think that because we were forced to, we did some of these things and not, not that all of them were great. Not that I'm, I want to, you know, I want to say that, but I mean, there are some things, right? I mean, I've heard so many districts uh, once the, once they were out of the pandemic and we could, or not out of it again, I don't want to downplay that, but, but once we could come back full time and have kids in the building and, and masks off and not worry as much that we stopped offering many districts anyway, remote, the remote option for kids. When we do know for a fact that many kids do better with the remote option, but yet because it's not convenient, perhaps for adults, and I might tick some people off here, but because it's not convenient for adults, we don't, we don't offer that because we think that kids do better with face-to-face instruction. Now, I believe that too, but I have four adopted kids at home. Two of them did great with remote instruction, two of them really did not. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know what, what, I, I don't know. I don't even know if that's a question guys. I don't, I don't know. It's just, a, well, it's, it's an observation. And I think, I think it's important to make sure that we are able to serve all of our students with whatever is necessary so that they can learn in their environment. So I would say, I agree with you too, Jeff, which doesn't happen all the time, but I do. No, this time. no. but uh, I think that most kids, most students do learn well inside of the school environment but on the ends of that spectrum, they may not. And some of the, some of my students that were failing classes in brick and mortar are now passing all their classes and we've kept them remote uh, willingly with parents and, and our teachers. So they're still home. In fact, we've changed their, their uh, written curriculum into a digital curriculum. So they're not even like following along a Google classroom. They're setting their own pace through a digital online curriculum and, and it's working for them. And, and what's wrong with it, right? I mean, it's aligned to our state standards. 
Uh, they'll take the ACT, they'll take the ACT Aspire, they'll do all the things that we need them to do, but they're learning at home. And some of them have needs far beyond anything that I was ever asked to carry as a teenager. Yeah. So now they can be at home, they can get their schooling done quicker, they can get a job, they can put money back into the family income. I mean, some of those things happen in, in it's just a fact of life. So yeah, I think being and quick question, being Adam, agile, um, who, who are you guys working with, with uh, your virtual school? Is it something that you've created in a Conto or is it a different no, it was too big, uh, too big of a system to create on our own. So we use a product, two products, one's Admentum and one's Play-Doh. Yeah. So, okay. And then we support right. them either, either through a Google Classroom. So if, if there's something that we feel is essential to, a, 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 I don't know, a socialized unit, we will sure. say, hey, check your Google Classroom and you have to you know, do that. It doesn't happen right. very often, but most of our students are on site. There's only a handful that are still remote. Right, right. Okay. Car accidents. We've had a car accident, uh, a, a bad one. Nobody died, thankfully, but uh, the injuries have kept them off site. Well, you know how easy it is now to provide them access to the curriculum sure. while they're at home. So, sure. so here's the million dollar question, Mike. So, you know, you're right. 10 years ago, my fives weren't created five years ago. Maybe they were on site hotspots, maybe, but what's the million dollar question where do we go next? What's the, what can we be looking at preparing? And you may not want to tell us cause that's probably your book topic or your, your, your million dollar, <laughs> you know, uh, better business bureau thing. So wh- where do we go? What's the next thing that we need to look for in school? How do we prepare for that? Yeah. You got one. <laughs> um, well, I don't, I, you know, honestly, I think we are, um, I shouldn't say status quo. We should not be status quo. How about that? We need to be thinking yeah. of what could be happening, um, you know, in, in the future. I mean, you, you, could you talk about, you know, maybe um, how society has changed and what we want to do to change that? Possibly. I mean, there's always, I think, some topic that or something that schools are going to have to think about a little bit differently than everyone else. Um so I, I don't, I, I, you're, that is the million dollar question. I don't it know if, if anyone really has an answer for it, but no. I mean, you could look at, um, I think a lot of things that are um, maybe in this country now that are falling on schools for us to quote fix. Um, and, you know, we might not be doing it the way other people want us to do it, but we're, you know, it falls in our lap, unfortunately. And so, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm negative, but it seems like, um, we are tasked with some things that may not be tasked, um, for schools. Um, but you know, totally. so be it. So, um, I would say also maybe the things that need to change aren't necessarily within our building outside of the normal realm of what I'd consider change. Cause every year we're changing or adapting, but maybe it's policies, maybe it's legislators that need to come into our buildings and work side by side for a bit. I think that we require too much for all students. I don't think that we need 24, 26, 25 credits, whatever each high school requires. There are many students that could get by with 17 credits or stop telling me that we need three credits of math and three credits of science because many of my students are going to make far more than some of their their collegiate uh, peers and they're going to be making $50,000, $60,000 welding and it's what they want to do, but they end up dropping out of high school because they can't pass algebra one, but they don't need it. So I think that we should have less restrictions and focus on what everybody talks about, giving students what they need, but that's not what policy drives us. 
from from the state level and federal level, we have to provide some things. You have to pass this class, and then it becomes a hurdle. They drop out, and we know once a high school freshman gets too many Fs or one F, the significance is that they have a much greater chance of not graduating high school. We've got to stop that. Wow, my soapbox got big there for a second. Sorry, guys. <laughs> got fired up. We're sitting here. We're sitting here reflecting on that, Adam. That's good stuff. Yeah, you're so right. Well, but personalized learning at its best, and and what where else? What what to what other level can we take that concept yeah. of of personalized? You know what and what kids need? You know yeah. and and who determines what they need? And it is a lot. It is policy driven. It is it is driven from you know perhaps things that we can't control and have no say over. But yeah. uh, um, speaking of that, like what things that you can say um, and and things that you can have control over, Mike, for you, like you you touched on it a little bit when you said, you know, problem solving at its best. You're so right. The pandemic forced us to put our money where our mouths are and, and practice what we preach. And we want problem solvers out of our kids. Well, Hey, this was a time for adults to be problem solvers. But I mean, what else as new, as new principals enter our profession? I mean, what other, what other advice would you, would you offer them? I mean, would you tell them to run for the Hills or, or would you tell them that, uh, you know, come on into the profession and what advice would you give a new principal right now? Wow. <laughs> That's sort of a loaded question, but I like it. Um, Cause I've never really been asked that since I'm still, I still think that I am totally learning, you For know, sure. every day. I, I just think, um, you know, I think one thing is that you just really need to be able to juggle more than one thing at once. I think that is the biggest thing when you are at a smaller school where you have so many different hats that you just have to be prepared to do, you know, like a good example is today. So I'm working with valid, we have 13 valedictorians. So that means we have 13 people, students who have gotten straight A's throughout high school. Now, there's really no criteria to differentiate that right now. So now I need to figure out, okay, I'm not going to have all 13 speak at graduation, but I do need to honor that. So I'm dealing with that. Then I have another student issue over here. Then we have another student issue over here. Plus we have a meeting with, you know, a representative um, from one of our, not from the state agency, but from one of our, um, uh, I guess, state groups, I think to meet with us because we're doing some future planning in the summer and we need to meet with them. So I'm trying to get some stuff ready for them. Also, um, I'm doing the, you know, working on the um, officials uh, Packerland uh, ret- or the Packerland officials retention packet. Adam, I don't know if you saw I that, saw but I, yep. <laughs> so I'm doing a little work on that. So you just have to, I, you, I've learned that you just have, you can't just focus on one thing and get that done. You have to just be able to do a little bit at a time. And so I think with someone who may want to finish a task before they go into something else, this might not be the job for them. They have to be able to dabble a little bit at a time and just be okay with maybe not finishing something initially, but you know, it's going to get done. And when you, when it's supposed to get done, you know, our podcast is about not just a, uh, getting together and chit-chatting, but it's also about hoping that somebody can learn something from this. So uh, the three of us all have different ideas. So you had 13 uh, valedictorians this year. You may want to consider the cum laude system as a way to, we are, there's you know, a lot of, con, there's yep. a lot of considerations what we're doing. So because that, that will be, we, I can't do it for this year, but no, you know, for no. next year, we can definitely have something in place. Well, let's talk because I've been researching that extensively. And when do I implement it? 
when do I, do I start with 10th graders or ninth graders, or do I have to wait right. for the seventh graders and eighth graders? Like what's the bubble as they yeah. cycle through our, our high school? Because sure. I think if you, if you're a 4.0 earner, you deserve to be recognized on graduation day. But during my current right. GPA class rank, I have a Val and I have a Sal and that's it, you know, because you're the top two. So underneath that cum laude system, you can all be cum laude if you're a 4.0 student. So you all right. get recognized for being a 4.0. And then you can have a competition for a speaker or you draw from a hat or, you know, say everybody gets two minutes if there's five. You know, I mean, there's there's a, there's a plethora of ways to choose a speaker. Right. Many of those 13 probably don't want to be the speaker either. So I've already checked that. Out. So I was receiving emails today. Yeah. Um, I'd like to confirm that you do not want to speak. Yes. <laughs> and yep. so out of those 13, I have eight who don't want to. So now it's oh, doable with five for sure. Yeah. Jeff, do what do you use the GPA class rank or do you have a cum laude system or how, what do you do? For no, we don't. We axed valedictorian a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And uh, you know what? I, I was just, you know, as you guys were talking about it, I just remember, um, the, you know, and still going on today, there are there are many schools and districts who are getting hammered for getting rid of yes. the valedictorian. And, uh, you know, there, the school a school district's argument is like, you know, this is, you know, it, learning is not a competition, right? Correct. Yep. So, and that's the reason to get rid of it. And I think that's why most schools, I'd have to check that fact. I'm not sure, but got rid of the valedictorian yeah. anymore. Well, as a senior and you're in competition for the 4.0 status and potentially the uh, state's award of the academic excellence award for, for scholarship, what's the incentive for you to take an AP Kelk class or, or an AP statistics class or another college class when you can take the same class, you can take another, uh, you know, just a general ed class, whatever it is, and you're going to be in the running. So, you sure. know, what's the incentive to, to continue with our, our top end students to continue to push them to the next level and the class well, rank system breaks that. It, well, yeah, true. And a lot of that is, though, I mean, the, some of the incentive, at least that we've discovered, is that, you know, kids don't have to take certain classes in college because they achieve that through their AP classes here right. at the high school level yes. or through dual, dual credit or something. And then, therefore, college uh, costs are cheaper for them. So that, that's that's my that's my main argument. We our, our AP program needs to grow. I mean, honestly, it's we're a small school, so we're not going to yeah. have a whole lot, but that's the one thing. If, if, if I know someone's going to be college bound, I get them to take those AP classes and do well in them because it is a cost saving thing. And when I tell that, when I say that, I think some parents don't know that you could, you, you know, you have that ability. So, um, Adam, do you guys wait classes at all or not? We do currently, but we won't be soon. That's my goal. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We may I, be I one of the I, only, I think we're on a 5.0 scale, but it's never used anywhere except for here. Right. It's only scholarships are 4.0 WIA yep. athletic scholarship, all 4.0. So yeah. it's really an antiquated system, but it's I came used from to. a, I, I came from a district that had, um, you know, your AP classes were a six. There were some that were a five. And then obviously everything else was a four based on a four point scale. And so it was really unfortunate that you had a lot of GPA grabbers. Yeah. And so they would take the yep. classes and yes, they did well, but you know, what was their retention of that? You know? And so it was, you know, I'm the, the school I was at was actually offering AP biology to freshmen, 
Um, and, and, you know, I, that I could, I could see maybe AP human going to freshman, but AP bio was to me, it was a little much, especially with the writing component. Um, you know, some kiddos just might not be ready for stuff like that. And so they might be academically and, you know, you, you have those students, but for the most part, I think that's something that it should be a more of a junior and senior class. Yep. We really need to have an amalgamation of students in each of those courses as well. And when we, start to funnel them in, you know, we're small. So let's say I have a ninth grade English, but I have a challenge English or honors English. So now if there's not an assessment to get in there, it's just because I want it or somebody thinks I should have it. It becomes a who's who in honors English rather than what's best in English. So, you know, is the difference between ninth grade English and honors English significant enough to call it that? Is it worth a 5.0 reward? Uh, there's lots of questions and and I'm not saying that it's a problem or not a problem in Oconto. I'm just speaking to how it can be used to track students. And I don't want to do that. I want to have right. a mix of everybody because we learn differently and we should be learning from people who are different than us, whether we're, you know, better <laughs> ELA students or less achieving ELA students, because you know, what's fun when you have an amalgamation of students and then they go to math class and they find out, boy, I'm a really bad writer, but I'm really good at math. And I can really help that kid that wasn't very good at math, but they're really good at ELA. So it really builds community. And I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, I don't, I don't, I want to lose the competition. I've seen too many friendships broken at the end of their senior year because they're competing. And I don't want that. I want them to to cherish their high school years to come back as blue devil alumni. I want, you know, I want it. I really want it. Yeah. I mean, part of that, I mean, you mentioned the, uh, the valedictorian speech at graduation. We have, you know, I, I, based on GPA 4.0 and higher, um, because of our, you know, our scale goes up to 5.0, depending on what kinds of classes they're in. I'm sure yours do too. But, um, and then I send out to those seniors, hey, who wants to um, give a speech at graduation besides the, um, the senior class president, which is based on, you know, whoever the, stu- the student council president is for the seniors uh, that she or he automatically gives yeah. a speech and then anybody else. And then they write me a little paragraph uh, on why they want to and what their speech idea might be around. So that's another way to, to maybe go about choosing that, have a p- committee of people put together students and teachers yep. um, and help you decide on who gets that speech or speeches. So a cool Benjamin Franklin paperclip to the back of that little paragraph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I love it. No, no, we don't do any of that, Adam. Okay. Uh, not down here. <laughs> Maybe way up north by you. No, uh, it'd be a slice <laughs> of American or cheddar. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I heard you say, uh, Mike, that you know that you know definitely the ability to, to multitask. So for our listeners, um, getting back to that original question, um, not that I didn't like the detour because it was definitely related. Love that conversation even better, but. I mean, for our listeners out there who may be considering a leadership position as such as assistant principal or principal, you definitely have to be ready to multitask, right? Yes, you definitely course. have to make sure that somehow you 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 are either using your journal or you are uh, using making good use of your calendar. I do both. And because and, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't get done so that if you get sidetracked, which you will, you can come back to your list and remember where you were, where, you know, when you need to pick back up again. So great advice. Great advice. And also having a very, very good administrative assistant putting you oh. in the right direction where you need to go to that, that helps tremendously. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and learning how to, how to utilize your, your people too. You know, I, right. I, I, I was bad at that for a long time, whether it was my APs or my administrative assistant, um, just really not very good at delegating because I felt like I had to do it all. Um, and, you know, therefore things suffered because, you know, you can't, even if you're me. Right, Adam? Totally. I agree with whatever Jeff says. <laughs> you know, Mike, you said earlier in our conversation that you get worn down because it's just such a busy, a, a busy place. You know, the, the role that we have and, and all of the, the multitasking, it just wears on us. How do you uh, recharge and how do you keep that from trickling over to your teachers, too? Because unfortunately, our new pandemic is a shortage of teachers, you know, uh, shortage of subs and I, yeah. things like so, that. So yes, I, I, uh, for, okay. So for my teachers, um, I really, if there's something that I'm asking them to do, it's something that I, I should, I, it's not like, it's not just fact finding or anything like that. I don't want to give them busy work. I want them to, um, be engaged with what I'm asking them to do um, more so than anything else. Um, and so I really just remind them that I, you know, I want them here. I, I, I'm building really, like I talked about earlier with building relationships with kids, you got to build relationships with this, with, with your teachers around you. Um, I don't, I mean, my, the name or the, the title principal is just a title. Okay. Yeah. I am a regular person. I want to, you know, have a good conversation about their, you know, teachers, kids and what they're doing in their free time and things like that. I don't want to see myself as like the harsh disciplinarian and, you know, that you, you might've had a stereotypical view of a principal who would shut themselves off from everyone else. I want to be able to be out there being seen, being in the classroom. Um, you know, that is, you know, one way that I want to show the teachers that I want them to be here. And it's sort of like when you're teaching and you want a kiddo to be in your class, you want to make that class as engaging as you can for them to be in that classroom. It's the same principle for here. You want to keep the school as engaging as possible, take some things off a teacher's plate if you can, and just let them know that they are wanted here and we really want them to be here. As for myself, um, I live about 30 minutes away. So that is my charge up time and charge down time. Um, but when I do get home, um, I used to be an avid cyclist, meaning I used to race a long time ago, but that takes 15 to 20 hours a week of training. And for some reason, I don't have that anymore. So um, I get home and I have a wonderful wife. I have a wonderful dog. Both my kids are old, like 24 and 22. So they're sort of out right now. And, um, but I just, I get home and I actually sound sort of weird. I have a Peloton bike and I get on there for about 30 to 45 minutes. And that sort of helps me sort of, if I had any frustrations during the, during the day, um, I will get them out there, take the dog for a long walk. There's, there's, I just need to make time for myself. And for a while I did not, but now I realize you sort of have to. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's so important that you do. And I, you know, I say that to my teachers all the time. Also, like, please take time for yourself. It is important that you have that time. Um, so you can be better at what you're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. 
I have a short commute too, about a half hour, 25 minutes, same as you, Mike. And I too love that time to come to school. I am able to set my mind on the day's topics. And on the way home, I turn up some good country music, definitely not rock music, right, Jeff? No rock music. No, no, no. It's all rock. Yeah, all that's, that's the problem. All, all metal all day. Yeah. But I can uh, get all the bad thoughts out and, and start to think about how to be a husband and a father. And I've also picked up even a few years ago, a lot of audio books instead, because yep. now I find that when I read at home about five minutes later, I'm snoring in my chair. So yeah. I really need, and I love reading and it's killing me, but I don't know how to read differently. Now I, I fall asleep. Maybe it's because I'm catching up to Jeff and age. You but, are. Uh, yeah. You are an old guy now. Not, not as old, but old guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's all, young guy. Feel, Adam. it's all about how you feel. That's right. I don't know about young. I might look young, but I think I got you both. So I, I'm not sure. I don't know about that. I, yeah. I hit the, I hit I'm the 38 mark already. Right, you're Jeff? 38. 38. You're not 38. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not well, 38. I, I think I'm 17. So that's part of the yeah. problem. Hey, it's all about how you feel. And Mike, I think you're doing it right. I mean, yes. I, I love the fact that you um, that you both talk about using your commute to your advantage. I hear a lot of people complain about how the drive that they have. But man, I, I only have like a five minute drive. I live here in town where I work, where I'm the where I'm the principal. Uh, and uh, you know what? It's it's it. I wish I had longer. I wish I had more time in the car to either either turn the music up loud and not think for a little bit, or to listen to a podcast or an audio book, uh, or to you know make a phone call and have a conversation with somebody. I don't even have time for that. Uh, and then and I think then the I, only disadvantage of having that long commute is if you do stay for like a, a game for um, sure, and you know you're leaving school at nine thirty when you got there at six thirty, yep. and so yep. that is a long day, but, um, you know, actually it's really funny. My audio book is me calling my wife. And so she normally ah. talks the entire time yeah. <laughs> that I'm, I'm in the car. And so, um, but it's actually that that's a good way for us to just sort of reconnect for the day. Yeah. And then when I see her, it's, we don't have to worry about any of the little things. So. That's so true. A great time to reconnect, you know, uh, get the, get the stuff out of the way, like what happened during the day, anything I need to know, that kind of thing. So you can just enjoy some time together if you do get home later at night. And I also, I also tell, tell leaders that, you know, if you can, if you have the luxury, go ahead and flex your schedule. You know, like if you're going to be home at late, you got a late evening um, and you've got a great administrative staff and a great front office staff. Uh, come in a little bit later. It's okay. It, yeah. it, it really is. As long as you've got things covered, don't, don't stress about having to be the first one in and the last one to leave every single day. You don't have to do that. You I know? should really take that advice. I never do it. And I, well, do, I, I have the permission from my superintendent. She has said well, the same thing. Even when uh, you and I talked together, Adam, I remember you were there at school at that back door before the milkman arrived. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Me and Juan. <laughs> Yeah. You won the custodian. Yeah, yeah, you guys were the first ones there, and I, I, and I know you know what I mean. We, we, we're, we're grinders. You know, educators are grinders. We put in long hours. Administrators, leaders are grinders, and it's in our nature. It's in our blood. Um, but I, I still think you, you just have to, like you said, Mike. You've got to take the time for yourself, and you have to model taking that time for yourself yeah. too. not only talk to your teachers about that, but model it for them too. You know, mm -hmm. you talked about being on the Peloton. I mean, that's, that's critical. That's important. Talk to people about that. I love it. 
I think that this episode has gone kind of like the stock market. You know, it's been up and down, up and high intensity. <laughs> and then yeah, now really as we get close to the end, it's been like, it's encouraging. I, I, I feel good about what we're talking about, how we can recharge and, and talk to one another. So Mike, before we let you off the hook, you know, we want to try and stump you with one last real hard question. You ready? Okay. What are you hopeful for? Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I am hopeful that I am turning out students um, who are going to be productive members of society. That is my hope. Whatever, you know, I, from coming from the district I was in to coming here, I have had to do a personal mind shift of that not everyone is going to be prepared for a four-year school because where I was at, that was the, that was where we are here. It's such a, you know, it's such a, um, uh, the community and the, 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 the businesses around here are in such need of good workers. I want to provide that to them. And that is, I think my hope for the future is that we are providing our community, you know, a surge of some, good, truly good employees who are going to work hard, who are going to, are going to learn well because it's something that they want to do and they're going to go and do great things in the community. So that is my hope. That's excellent. That, that's awesome. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about something much bigger than the core academics that they're learning in school right? as a result of the school system. Yep. What you're talking about is wanting someone who's going to be a good neighbor when they finally build, buy that first house and move in next door to you. Right. That's the kind of person that we want to turn out. Productive members of society, good hearted human beings. I mean, that I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's a great hope, Mike. And I think that we're, you know, as a collaborative in this education field, that's, that's what we're doing together. And that's what, that's what should, that's, that's what everybody's hope should be. Right. Sure should. I love it. Well, all right, Mike, th this has been a pleasure, Mike, uh, getting to know you and, uh, and I hope that our, our, our listeners, uh, you know, can and give us some some feedback and comments on this show. And and uh, is there a way that Mike, if they want to know more, if something you've said struck a chord with somebody and they want to have some further conversation with you about it, are you out, out there on social media or can they? Um, oh yeah, I actually am. Um, so I do have an Instagram handle and uh, Facebook for the school. Um, and Great. so I can't remember what it is, <laughs> but, um, I do know that it, you, if you look under like Mr. B go storm, uh, you'll find out, or just list, you know, search Mike Bennett on Facebook. And, um, you know, there's one that's for Kiwani high school. And so we'll go from there, but yeah, I am out there. Um, I do need to, you know, if that's an area of growth for me, I just need to add a little bit more to it as I go about the day, but um, you know, it, it's, it, it is necessary to have, um, you know, in this day and age, because I think you, unfortunately, and I'm saying it, unfortunately, a lot of, um, people get their information from social media. And so the more I can put out there, that is not questionable. Um, I think the better, you know, it will, it will make us look good. And that's the main goal. So, yeah, I agree. yeah, no, absolutely. Go storm. All right. All right. Mr. B, go storm. Hey, uh, Mike, again, great talking to you. Adam, you as well. What a great episode. Um, and uh, we just, it's a pleasure having you on, Mike. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for uh, inviting me. I really do like, I really enjoyed this time. Thanks, Mike. All right. All right, Adam, we'll see you next time on Principal Leadership Lab.